Ladies and gentlemen, this is Vic Muscat's Evolution Podcast, and this is your main event of the evening with a 60-minute time limit. The man in charge is your host of the show, Vic Muscat. With me today is the man who tells it like it is. He is big time and the only man that life matters, Reggie Lincoln. How you doing, today, sir? I'm good, man. Man, you have done your research, man. I try. I really try. You, you have done your research. <laughs> you doing all right? I do. Everything's doing well. Yeah. If, if you're if you're in the lane of Google, I would do my research. But a lot of wrestlers, I look up. The Google says they don't exist, so it's kind of harder. Hey, that happens. That happens, man. Yeah. So, what got you into professional wrestling? Well, of course, you know, like many others, I've always been a fan. Um. But that was a time where I was just in college, and what brought me to, to start doing it was uh, a failed boxing career. Uh, yeah, um, I realized I wasn't that good at boxing. You know, I got a Owen, I got a Owen three amateur record, so I realized it wasn't for me. And then just one random trip to Walmart. Got like just brought me uh, into wrestling. Uh, I run into Killer Tim Brooks, who was my trainer, and may God rest his soul. Uh, but he told me, "Hey, come through here, and you you ought to try this." And you know, it was just it just started with in the checkout line at Walmart. I'm just getting some Gatorade or whatever, mm-hmm. and he tells me like, and he overhears a conversation of me and a friend that was with me. That was like we were talking about pro wrestling, and now and he told me to come through, and that was he just told me to come through and try it out. If I don't like it, I can leave, but just come try. And here I am. Yeah, that was 2011. So here I am, ten years later, you know, and exactly nine years after my first match. Funny how life is because happens that way, isn't it? It is. It really is. And like I said, if it wasn't for that random trip to Walmart, I wouldn't be in wrestling. I definitely wouldn't be having this interview right now. So you never watched professional wrestling before, or did you watch it when you were a kid? I did. I loved it. What's funny is uh, being a basketball fan actually turned me into a wrestling fan. Because because when I like I used to watch it here and there, but then I didn't start watching it religiously until Dennis Rodman joined the NWO. And you know, that was in the 90s and all that. So of course, me being a kid in the 90s and me being a big fan of Michael Jordan, like all kids are, I'm thinking, I was just hoping, sitting there hoping, watching that Michael Jordan was gonna make a surprise appearance and join the NWO as well. Now, clearly that didn't happen, but, but ever since then, I became a wrestling fan. Ever since then, I've been a diehard wrestling fan. Uh, could you tell my audience a little bit more about your character and how much of a badass you are? Because if I would describe what type of character you were, I'll be like, oh, man, this guy's great. Da, da, da. But you would say it better than me. Actually, not a badass at all. <laughs> Believe it or not, no, no, no. The character Reggie Lincoln of today, uh, he's no longer the only man that matters. Uh, it's no longer that because, well, 
they don't book that no more. But I will say I'm just a guy who uh, has reached this humble phase, you know, and just out there to have fun. Like if if you could say like in this current time period, what like if I could name like an off a non wrestling character that that inspires what Reggie Lincoln is today, I would say Carlton Banks from Fresh Prince, who entertaining overall, you know, mm-hmm. great guy, but badass wouldn't describe him. Some he would be the, was. Huh? Some ways he was. Well, I mean, if you if you include that one episode where uh you know he went to South Central LA, other than that, you know, a lot of people wouldn't describe Carlton Banks as a badass. Yeah, especially these days, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. But it's just something I am just like to remain humble and like to and love to have fun. That that's who Reggie Lincoln is. So what's your like training or diet regimen for being a wrestler? Oh, that's kind of an embarrassing story because my diet regimen isn't uh it isn't the best as you can tell by how I look. But you'd be surprised how many wrestlers would go like, oh, I just had a pint of ice cream before the show. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Oh, that's- oh me, well, it's crazy because I don't eat much. And I'm doing my best right now to eat as healthy as possible. I got I got turkey uh I got turkey uh, bacon right now and stuff. Like, like, I got turkey bacon in my oven right now and everything. And get ready to cook asparagus. I'm, I'm really, like, at this point, I'm really trying to better my eating habits. Oh, you know, with everything going in the world these days, you know, getting healthier just in case, you know, the worst yeah. happens. Oh, yeah. Just in case the worst happens. And really, I, I honestly have to do better. Yeah. I too. I'm already beating my body up in wrestling. I don't need to beat my body up in the kitchen. That's a good way to look at it. That's a very good way to look at it. Have you ever worked as a face and a heel before during your career? And if so, which do you prefer? Um, yes, I've done both face and heel. I'm currently a face. That's why I'm not the only man that matter anymore. I'll say this. Uh, like now I, I'm the notorious Reggie Lincoln. Uh, right now, I'm a face, and it's actually a pretty high point in my career, if you call it a career. Now, the, anytime I went by the only man that mattered, that's strictly heel. Mm-hmm. Strictly heel. And I was pretty good at it. Uh, the only man that mattered even started a ride once and almost got stabbed by a fan. Well, tell us about that story. <laughs> <laughs> Fans are uh, crazy. Fans are nuts. That's, I stay home most of the time and watch wrestling. Well, I was in front of the – well, of course, you know, being a heel, you got to – when you were a heel, you got to know your audience. Mm-hmm. You got to know your audience more than anything. So, of course, you know, my cheap heat look, went a little too far because I said something about Donald Trump in front of those pro-Trump crowds. Oh, shit. Oh, here we go. Okay. Oh, yeah. And then – and then some kid – and then I insulted someone's mother – a kid's mother, and, and well, what I said was, well, a kid would a kid cussed me out, for, and like I'm like, you want to use adult language? I will use adult language with you. Um, kids stick up, middle finger, all that, 
uh, you know, fuck you, all that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and I looked at him, I said, is that your mom right there? And, and she just looked embarrassed at the moment. Like that her kid just said all of that to me. I said, is that your mom? Well, I, well, and I said something to her mom. I said, do us all a favor, and especially your husband, do, do him that favor as well. And from now on, swallow. <laughs> so you don't create nothing like that again. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure. It was, and, the, and the fan that once stabbed me, it was this woman. She came after me with a knife. I think she was a family member of that person. And people need to relax. I would have laughed if some wrestler said that to me. Most people laugh. Like they laugh, but they hate it at the same time because of who it was I insulted. Mm-hmm. But I guess I guess she was a big deal in the arena or whatever. But like I said, I mean that's what I do as a heel. Like yeah. Well, the fans realize it or not, that's what they come for. Yeah. To cheer the face and to boot the heel. And either, and as a wrestler, either you got to make them love you or make them love to hate you. Yeah, fans need to realize that. I mean, like, it's like, for example, like MJF. I think he's a complete asshole. But I know that he's supposed to be a heel. And he plays that so well. It's the, the sport. It's the that show. And, and and that's the thing about wrestling too, like um, originality. Um, of course, there's plenty of I no disrespect to the guy at all, but there's plenty of MJFs out there. Yeah, there is. That was a that was plenty. Of, I can honestly say I was MJF before MJF when I was working heel. But that, like I said, there's plenty of them that does does the same thing. Uh, I guess MJF just got noticed more than anybody else for it. I mean, flipping off kids and all that. I mean, well, they do it to us too, so. That's true. But, but yeah, but now ever since MJF did it, is acting this way, it seemed like now it's just gimmick infringement at this point. Everybody wants to be MJF or something like that. But Fans don't realize, like fans got to realize, hey, this is the bad guy. The bad guy. Of course he's supposed to be mean to you. Of course you're not supposed to like him. Why would you? The point is he liked you, you know. Chose a gimmick. Exactly. And you don't get paid. And, And, you know, some of my influences, you know, the older generation in wrestling, they did say the internet ruined wrestling, ruined kayfabe to a certain extent. Because people post their real lives on there and the fans see that and they realize, hey, this guy might not be so bad after all. Because that's honestly, like, honestly, I I believe that's what turned me into a face over the past year and a half uh people saw my real life they see pictures of me playing with my son or something like that or you know just seeing me have a good time online and they're thinking hey he's not that bad yeah it's just you know i think uh the social media did damage kayfabe a lot 
but also fans need to understand that you're a human being as well. Uh, you have a family, you have, you know, children to play with. It's okay for you to play with your children and be with your family. It's what you're supposed to do after the wrestling match, hide in the basement yeah. to the next event. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, like, we have lives outside of this. You know, some fans don't realize it, some do. It's, I think the mature fans that aren't in the basement of their mom's house, you know. But then again, I love the fans that don't, but then again, I also love the fans that don't care if we, like, that don't believe, like, see our outside lives and stuff. And that believe that we are like what we really are in the ring, because that's what I honestly believe. That's what's keeping wrestling alive: the fans that actually believe you and believe who you are. Like this is what he really is. They believe MJF is really like this, and why? Because he really is. And I believe something like that is what keeps wrestling alive. Yeah, I mean. Of course, the secrets that are the secrets been out since the nineties or the eighties or whatever, since the eighties, nineties or whatever. That secret's been out already that this is a, a predetermined sport. Yeah, but I think what makes fans respect it so much is that this is really the only sport that I openly admit that because I believe all sports are fixed. I believe so. I believe all sports are fixed to a point as well. But like pro wrestling is the only sport that'll honestly admit that. Yeah, I mean, after the Saints Rams game, NFC Championship a couple years back, right there, I was like, get up. Someone was radio in the referee's ear, like, don't call that. Because that yeah, was exactly. exactly. But, you know, and pretty much, yeah, and that, that's another great thing about pro wrestling, too. It is the sport that is meant for people who really aren't into sports. I mean, me personally, I'm into sports, but a lot of people that aren't into sports are actually into pro wrestling. Yeah. And like some of the people that find out like, hey, like that don't, that they say, hey, what about Kane and all this or something like that? But you'll never talk to, hear them talk about any other sport. And that's the beauty of pro wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, I think for us, it's a, it's a beautiful art that people don't, like, they take advantage for it. You, a lot of people, like, around the Southern Vermont area, when you say professional wrestling, automatically, WWE, and they know how bad the WWE's gotten. So they're like, you crazy? What you? And it's like, no, no, no. There's, this whole sport is so much more. And just people don't realize that. Yeah, you are absolutely right, man. It's, uh, it's, is is that art? It is that art. Like, it's what what can I say about it? It's like a Vegas show, like Circus Away, you know. It's it, like, it, pretty much. Yeah. And that that's the beauty of pro wrestling, man. Like, you get people from all walks of life. Like, no matter their their like political views, their financial status, race, religion. Um, you know, you'll see like you can see five people hang out with each other that are completely opposite of each other, 
but the one thing they have in common is pro wrestling. And that'll be all that's needed. And you will see them hang out with each other and love each other like, like they knew each other their whole lives. Now we're not, now we're talking about the fans. We're not saying anything bad at fans. I would say like maybe one out of five, maybe one out of ten are knuckleheads. Would you agree with that? Hmm. One out of ten. I I I I kind of say one out of seven. Well, okay. Just due to my experience, just due to my experience in this business, you know, I would say one out of seven. So not all wrestling fans are complete idiots. No, there are some amazing wrestling fans around. Um, some I had the pleasure of knowing. And, of course, you know, some of the knucklehead fans become wrestlers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they get in the ring match with you, ring with you, and you're like, I remember you 2020, uh, 2017 when you threw that beer can at me. Oh yeah, I, actually, uh, in twenty seven, well, not twenty seventeen. Uh, it was around twenty nineteen. Yeah, uh, I did step in the ring with somebody who threw a, t- a Twinkie at me. Jeez, what? And I brought a Twinkie out and shoved it down his throat. <laughs> it was funny. Like it was an inside joke between us. I guess the fans didn't get it at that point. They cheered it and everything, but. They, uh, I don't think they get it. They understood it was an inside joke between me and him. As a typical wrestling fan, including me, it's like, I don't know what he's doing, but this is great. Pretty much. Um, but yeah, that was, that was the only man that mattered days right there. Like, the fans got into it. Um, and I, I just shoved a Twinkie down the man's nose, even though I was, uh, the hill, uh, they loved it. Nice. So, when you go in your shows, what's the medical situation in the back usually? Is it well equipped or is it just one uh, medical student back there? Oof. Uh, sometimes we have to go through with our own knowledge. Yeah, it depends on what show. It depends on what show you at. Now, luckily for us, you know, some of the wrestlers there have outside lives of being a nurse or EMT or something like that. So we get lucky. Like some of the shows I go to, I get lucky in situations like that, just in case. Um, medical stuff, like some of that stuff, we got to figure out on our own, and but that, and sometimes we got to rely on our own insurance. Jeez. Hey, professional wrestlers get the raw deal things, don't they? Oh, they do. They do. I mean, you kill yourself in the ring, okay? It's just it's ridiculous, I think. You guys deserve so much more. Oh, yeah. But it, like I said, a lot of us do it because we love it. You know, at least, you know, in our sport, you know, we don't have like opioids or something shoved down our throats like these other professional sports. I'll say that for sure. Which is way worse than you know being tested positive for marijuana or something like that. Yeah, but they're being easy with that, aren't they? Easier now. I'm starting to. I hope so. At least, at least from what we hear, you know, we we never know what goes behind closed doors. 
Yeah. So what's the worst promotion you've worked for? Or just describe, you don't have to call them out specifically, but just describe the situation. Honestly, if I remember the names, I would so call them out. Um, but it was a it was a promotion. Uh, and it was a promotion that booked me. And we agreed on a certain amount of pay. Like before we before I came out there, we agreed on how much I was getting paid and what kind of match I'm working and everything. And I worked, I was in a match with somebody. And the spot was he had me in a crossface as I'm reaching for the rope. Now, as I reached for the rope, I felt something hit my hand, but I didn't see it. So I said, and I see the ref, I see this particular referee right there. And I said, he must have hit it by accident. So the, the match was supposed to continue, and I had to end the match prematurely just because of this referee. Because then I look up as I'm reaching for the rope. I guess the ref decided to take liberties on his own and just pull the rope away from me. That wasn't how the match was supposed to end. The ref really didn't know what he was doing. So once I noticed that he pulled the rope away from me, I just went ahead and tapped out. That's not even how the match was supposed to win, uh, end. I was supposed to win that match and, you know, and other things supposed to happen, but that, that infuriated me so much that I just said, no, forget it. I'm tapping out and I walked out. I didn't, I didn't sell anything. I didn't, I, I was just so mad. Now, unfortunately, the booker is also that same referee. Oh, shit. And, you know, and this was, was it was Warrior Pro, was it? Huh? Was it Warrior Pro? No, no, but I've heard things about that show. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. I have to, I've dealt with them. I, yeah, that's another story. But no, um, what happened? I, and then, so I was expecting to get my pay from this, from this guy. He literally tells me he gave someone else my pay. What he's supposed to pay me. Jesus. Well, that, that, that person he said he gave my pay to happens to walk into the locker room at that time. So I said, okay, good. So, so I decided to confront both of them at the same time. He said, okay, he said he paid you my money. So one of you two have my money and I need it right now. And, and that's when the guy he said he gave it to, which was another worker, looked at him like, like he was crazy because he was lying about that. So he decided to just fess up and just give me money anyway. But the problem was, this wasn't the money he agreed on. We agreed on. Far from the money that we agreed on, actually. Um, my The pay that we agreed on, I'm not going to say any particular numbers, but it was three digits. I'll say that. that all he did was give me a 20. Oh, shit. That's insulting. Very, very. Yeah. And it took a whole lot of guys to hold me back from him. Why was that? Was he not happy with your performance or anything? Was he not happy with the way you worked in the ring? Or was he just a dick? 
He's just an idiot. Okay. He really was. And the thing is, he worked certain shows. Like, now people know about him. And he worked certain shows as a referee, but the only way he can get work is if he works for free. It's kind of a creep. To be honest, so he, he done made a bad name for himself, so. Yeah. It's unfortunate. But, yeah, I'm like, that, this is not the the sum of $100 or whatever that you promised me. So uh, I ended up grabbing his shirt, but everybody everybody started holding me back, like trying to get me to calm down and tell me it's not worth it, it's not worth it. But I said, I came here and we agreed on something. This is unprofessional. So, but I just stormed out. I grabbed my stuff, I stormed out, didn't change clothes or nothing. I stormed out of my wrestling gear. And you know, this this is the kind of show that was, a, it had Lucha, it had half Lucha Libres and half American guys. And the guy that owned the venue that we worked at, he looked at that booker, like, cause I guess I didn't pay attention after I stormed out. Um, but the rest of the Americans stormed out with me, which I didn't know that until I seen all of them walking towards me in my car. And the, the guy who owned the venue, uh, he, he, he was yelling at the booker slash referee. Like, why are all the Americans leaving now? Like, what's going on? So I will always respect the guy that owns the venue because he covered my pay for me. But I never worked for that guy again. Yeah. I just, I have no call for promoters being shady like that. It's just no call for it. But in wrestling, you know, you're going to have a lot of shady promoters. I learned that. I learned that a long time ago. A lot of promoters are going to be shady. Nope. No one honors the handshake and their word anymore. It's sad. And he know who he is. I mean, and that, and that just one of the worst shows I worked. Like, unfortunately, I had to work a show with him again, like, with another booker who, who promised me he was going to give me what that guy owed me as long as I worked with him. Not only the pay that we agreed on, but what the guy, that same referee, owed me. It didn't happen. They actually stormed out as we was tearing down the ring. And I would say, and and that guy was named Gary LeVert. I know that for sure. Um, now, unfortunately, I can't get my hands on that guy because uh, the Grim Reaper beat me to it. So he just pretty much took the money that he owed me to the grave with him. That's but he didn't really take it to the grave with him. But you know what I mean. Yeah, I know you made that. The, the deal he took, the promise. Yeah, like, and not just that. Like, he had my, he had my younger cousin, um, bring his equipment because he was gonna. My younger cousin was gonna run sound, which he did, and he didn't get paid either. What he was promised, well, he didn't get paid at all, and he was promised more pay than me. Now I always said that's too like that's a lot. Like I'm, I'm a pretty lenient guy. I'm a pretty easygoing guy, but there's two things you do not screw with when it comes to me, and that is my money and my family, and those two guys decided to – they had the nerve to mess with both. 
Now, one I haven't seen in that. Now, that ref slash Booker, I haven't seen him since that day. And the other one, uh, well, like I said, he the Grim Reaper got to him before I did. So there's nothing I could do about it but just let it go now. Yeah, not much. That sucks. Is there a move or a stipulation that you won't do in wrestling because of safety reasons? It depends on who I'm wrestling. It depends on who I'm wrestling and what kind of match it is. Now, due to, you know, body aches over the years, that's certain moves I'm, that I probably wouldn't be capable of doing. Oh, and just because of my size. Mm-hmm. But other than that, as long as uh something that touched your blood doesn't touch my blood, pretty much. If it's been inside your skin, I don't want it inside me either. So you won't do like a death match or anything like that? Well, the thing about I got one death match in me. I'll say that. Really? And you gotta be the right person. Uh, like I, I, it gotta be under the right circumstances. But I'm only gonna do like if I do a death match, it got definitely gotta be under the right circumstances. And if it, and you cannot cut me open with something that already cut you open, because you know that's just I'm not trying to get Hep C or HIV or anything like that. You know, because you know blood. You know when you have an open wound, it can't touch another open wound. Yeah. Anything like that, you know, and that's just science. And you know, ever since the Abdullah the Butcher situation, you know, I've always been skeptical of that. Yeah, now, there's been matches where I bled in, I mean, but I've always bled the hard way. Yeah, like hit me to where to the point where I bleed because I didn't trust, I don't trust blading to be honest. Yeah, it's kind of a it's dangerous. Like they say, they say the blading and everything is a safer way of doing things. But like I said, I don't want the blade that cut you open to cut me open as well. And some people like to do that, and some people think careless and do that. Some matches and wrestlers are just effing crazy. You just watch them like oh, that's the for sure. Our match recently when someone took a staple gun, stapled the guy's other guy's tongue to the uh, top turnbuckle. And the camera I'm angle, not that close. You see the guy in the camera angle really see the staple in the guy's tongue. And I was like, holy fuck. It's not going to get to that point. I'll say that for okay. sure. Okay, that's good. Let, let me just say this. I won't do a death match, but I'll do like a brutally hardcore match. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. yeah hardcore match to give their fans their money, and that's it. No death. Yeah, I would do something that's brutally hardcore. I'm not a death match guy. You'd rather watch it than be in but but I definitely respect the art of death matches. I definitely do. Like, I don't know how they do that stuff. But, I mean, I'm told it's all mental. But, like I said, like, I respect the hell out of them. I really do. I respect the death match guys. But, really, death matches just aren't for me. You know, there's plenty of death match guys that I love. Like, Phoenix Kid, Zach Moore, Scott De La Cremosa. Uh, Ruben Steele, you know, John Wayne Murdoch, you know, plenty of deathmatch guys, you know, Chewy Martinez, you know, I'm friends Masada, of course, and Scott Summers, 
you know, I respect the hell out of them. And I know that matches or they they got bigger balls than me. I'll say that. Yeah. Well, even what you do in the ring, you got bigger balls than me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I thank you. I thank you. So when you're not in the ring, what promotions do you watch at home? I mean, of course, you know, there's WWE and AEW. Mm-hmm. Um, I watch Ring of Honor because, you know, Shane Taylor, that's my hero right there, man. That, I look up to that guy. Um, you know, if I if I decide to order it online, NWA, of course. I mean, which I would love to be part of them one day. Um, MLW. I watch them. You know, whatever I can see on the internet. You know, what I can study and what I can see. I know this is supposed to be a professional wrestling podcast, but it's my show, so I need to say whatever I want. You're a football fan, right? Oh, yes, yes. Who do you, who looks good this year? Man, uh, well, I'm a Broncos fan, but I know we're still in our rebuilding phase. Uh, I have a, I have a younger cousin actually in the NFL. He plays for the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, sweet. But I can't say them. Uh, of course the Bucks look good. Uh, of course you know they got the goat on their team. Yeah. Uh, I will say this: if the Cowboys pick themselves up, they could be very good. You think they have a shot against Tampa tonight? Well, I wouldn't say all that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I got Tom Brady on my fantasy team. I got Tom Brady and CeeDee Lamb on my fantasy team. So I'm just rooting for those two. Yeah. Uh, Who can I say look good? I mean, much as I hate to say it, I know the Chiefs do. Buffalo. Definitely Buffalo. Definitely them. In the next five years, Buffalo will finally get their Super Bowl. They keep on getting better each year. Yeah, I I would say within the next five years, Buffalo will finally get their Super Bowl. You think a well-deserved Super Bowl at that? It'll be the first one. You think Green Bay is going to be a threat this year, or you think Green Bay is just going to fizzle out with all the drama there in Rodgers? They'll be good. They won't, but I don't think they're going to make it to the Super Bowl. But they're going to be good. I'll say that. You think they'll win the division? I mean, you have, they could because you have Minnesota, that's maybe. Chicago, maybe. Detroit, no. Definitely not Detroit. Yeah, they'll win the division. Yeah. They'll definitely be in the playoffs. But I don't think the Super Bowl is happening for them. I mean, I'll be happy if it does. Yeah. I'll be happy if it does, but I don't think it will. You think Cleveland's for real, or you think they just got lucky last year? Oh, I think Cleveland's for real. Like, they're, like Cleveland not only making a playoff, but winning a playoff game. Like, I would say that's not luck. They were just well-prepared. 
and they are and they they just didn't uh they just didn't act stupid with the office didn't act stupid this time. That's what it was. Baltimore, you think there'll be a threat like always, or you think Mr. No Win Playoff Lamar Jackson's gonna fizzle? I think Lamar Jackson will actually uh win a playoff game. I think the Ravens. I think it's possible. I, I think it's possible. I think I don't think too highly of the Steelers. Yeah. Surprisingly enough, I don't think too high of the Steelers. I have to. It's my wife's favorite team. Uh, so I'm like, yeah, yeah. it's like go Steelers, yay! But they lose. They'll be like, did you know they just got they just lost their fifth straight? I mean, what's going on? I'll give it to her. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, you know the wife's in the household. You know you you got to root for whatever team you uh, she root for. Oh even yeah. If it, even if it's the Cowboys. <laughs> Some of your uh, posts you put on Facebook is interesting, funny, but um, it's like one of them is like, ladies, if you're single, hit me up. If you are in a relationship, you can hit me up too. I ain't no snitch. <laughs> oh man, I had I got to post something that makes me stand out, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I know it's my wrestling that don't get the attention. So you just have to go say something to get people's attention to click on your profile, like, oh, he's a wrestler. Yes, pretty much. Like, hey, book this guy. He's funny. He's funny with posts like, my ducks are definitely not in a row. I honestly don't know where my ducks are. Oh, and that's the truth. Like my, like that's actually a true statement because my mind is usually scattered a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mind and my plans are actually scattered a lot. Sometimes I don't have all my ducks in a row. Sometimes I'm unorganized. It, it tends to happen. Some of you post though is stuff that might be controversial, but I personally agree with, like the Mount Rushmore. You know what I'm talking about? You said uh, before it was. It was a meme, like a, it just says Mount Rushmore before it was carved. Its natural beauty was unprecedented. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was. It didn't have a single president on there. You're right. It's like we kind of stole it from the Indians and pretty much desecrated it. Oh, yeah, out in the Black Hills, which I've never been out there, but I've never been out there in that area in Montana. Wait, that's Montana or South South Dakota, North Dakota? South Dakota, North Dakota, one Dakota. Yeah, I know. I know it's the Black Hills area. Yeah, yeah that's uh, for sure. Uh, how's your fantasy football team looking? Well, like I said, I have uh, Tom Brady, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, and Ceedee Lamb. So hopefully that it looks good. I need like as far as tonight's game with the Cowboys against the Bucks, I need an offensive shootout. That's for sure. You may get one. Yeah, I need an offensive shootout. Now, unfortunately, the person I'm playing against in fantasy this week has has Ezekiel Elliott on his team. Oh, he's no worries, no threat. And and 
And he also has um, Mike Evans. All right, it's a little worrisome, okay. Yeah, which, you know, these are targets. And the Cowboys do a lot of screens. Yeah, but Elliot, they, I read something the other day that he had 24 rushing touchdowns the last three years. Josh Allen, Buffalo's quarterback, had 25. Well, I mean, usually the, the NFL is not is a passing lead now. So, of course, the quarterback might have more rushing yards than a running back now, a rushing touchdown. No, because they do more of their run. Like, most teams do more of their running with their quarterback now. In front of my audience, who's your Super Bowl pick? Who's going to play who? This is going to be a bold call, but I don't think the Bucs are making it this year. Very rare team will go back to back. But this is Tom Brady we're talking about. Uh, but I don't think the Bucs are making it this year. Uh, honestly, like I'm about to make some bold statements here, but I think the Buffalo Bills are making it to the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, and out of the NFC. Actually, you know what changed that? I do think it's the Buccaneers. Buffalo Tampa would be good. Yeah, I think so. Now, that, that, I know how that has to be an odd comment right there. Like, most people aren't going to say that. But this is just what I, may, I always make odd comments. So It's not an odd comment. You're not saying, like, Cincinnati versus Detroit in the Super Bowl. So. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Wouldn't that be interesting? Is there a way we can pause this? So Buffalo and Tampa is your official Reggie Lincoln's Super Bowl prediction. Yes. Now I could be wrong, but let's see what happens. Man, if you're actually if you're right, I'll be calling you for advice on my bets. <laughs> it's like how it's like you got the Super Bowl. Matchup right before week one started. That's pretty big. Man, I want to see that now. Yeah, you too. I think Tampa's playing New England this year, aren't they? Yes, they are. That'll be a good game. That'll be interesting. It'll be controversial, but I don't think it's going to be. I think one team is going to blow out the other. I think New England, and I'm from the New England area. I think they're going to be bad this year. And so, what do you think about them letting go of Cam Newton? I think they should have kept Cam Newton just because you need someone to teach the younger quarterback. Yeah. You know, and just, you know, cutting the veteran, throwing the rookie in, I think it's a big mistake. Of course. And, and, and this is an Alabama quarterback we're talking about here. They don't have the highest reputation. No. They don't, but you know, it's Alabama. Oh my god, we gotta put them in. Heisman no. it's Alabama surrounded their quarterbacks with talented athletes, so that's, that's why the quarterbacks look so good. That's what it's about. It's not about just the you know athlete or the board. you have to have the team around you, like the Chicago Bulls in the 90s. Yeah. by himself was mediocre, but when he had Horace Grant, Scotty Pippen, then they became elite. 
Very. So what does the future of professional wrestling hold for you? I would say, uh, I would say, um, within the next 10 years, probably a retirement for me, for at least for in-ring action. And then I want to start doing podcasts and commentary and all that. And, you know, hopefully I have more kids on the way so I can bring my, my kids up into this. I got one son right now. He loves wrestling. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, uh, maybe even start a manager gimmick. Yeah. You know, be the LeVar Ball of uh, wrestling. <laughs> there you go. And bring success to all my kids, whether the fans love it or hate it. It's a real magical moment showing your son, you know, professional wrestling, something that you love, isn't it? Yes. And like, from what I was told, like, when he saw me on TV, he got extremely excited. Where can we catch you on TV? Like, do we have to live in like your area or can we catch you on fight or YouTube? Oh, man. I mean, when SW Fury, uh, when I, I did two episodes of SW Fury on Fight TV, I don't even remember the episodes I did. Um, I know I was in WWE once, but I didn't have, I didn't have a match in that episode. I was just security then. You were just one of those security extras? Yeah, one of the security guys taking a beating from Braun Strowman. Keep in mind, though, the security guys that's on WWE usually do, does pretty well. So that's a good sign. Like MJF, he started off as security. Yeah. yeah. That shoulder block by Samoa Joe. Yeah, Keith Lee did, which I, I trained with Keith Lee. So. How is Keith Lee as an individual? One of the most humble and educated guys you could ever meet. It seems that way. It's like he's getting a bad rap in the WWE, though. Uh, a lot of guys get bad rap in WWE. I mean, to a point where you can't always blame the guy. No, you got to blame the tools and the writers and the. He has always been a good individual. I'll say that for sure. Good, humble individual. He seems that way. He seems real. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of sad seeing how he's getting treated at WWE. Yeah, it's like, it, it, it's crazy, like, you know, but a lot of us, a lot of people have stories about bad treatment in WWE. So. They still make billions of dollars each year. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. But then some people have good stories about WWE. You know, like, when that my time, like, you know, that little... My little bookings in WWE, I can honestly say uh, I've met the McMahons. Well, I met Shane and Stephanie. I didn't meet Vince. And I can honestly say they were good people. Yeah, I, I met Shane while I was working at a strip club in my 20s. This is when the Men's Street Posse was around. Wow. And they came, to the, they came to the club and, you know, Shane was cool, but the rest of the Posse members were acting like tools, like kind of going around to the strippers, like, yeah, I'm Pete Gas, I'm Pete Gas, you know me? And they're like, who the fuck are you? You know, they didn't know who they was. Just friends of Shane's. Just friends of Shane's trying to act bigger than they are, you know? Pretty much. <laughs> so where can our listeners connect with you online? All right, so I'm on TikTok, and, and you can just search at Reggie Lincoln on TikTok. 
uh, the Reggie Lincoln on Instagram, Reggie Lincoln ninety one on Twitter, and just type in Reggie Lincoln, you'll find me on Facebook. And before I let you go, if you can just like please share this episode with us, because here in the evolution, you definitely have a fan and a friend for life. Oh, thank you, thank you, and it definitely will be shared. I appreciate your time, sir. Too sweet. Thank you very much. Be safe. Thank you. You do the same. Hey, you take care. You too. Goodbye.